0: A Weekend with Jason Dacey replay from Money
1: FM 89.3.
2: Inspiring interviews, Singapore stories with me, Jason Dacey, on Money FM 89.3. Power couple time. Every week we bring in a dynamic couple around Singapore. Maybe they've traveled from a long distance to be here. I'd like to welcome James and Alison Iring here in the studio. Originally, From the U.S., but you've been here a long, long time. You must feel like Singaporeans.
1: Well, we've been here since 1999.
2: That's a long time. What about you, James? Are you starting to feel a bit Asian? No, I
0: always feel at home. This is our home. So when people ask me, where are we from? I say Singapore. Uh, But, you know, I also know enough that there's so many things about the cultures in Asia that we don't know.
2: So I always feel a little bit humble about it, too. Exactly, exactly. I know what you mean, me coming from Australia and being here in Singapore for a long time, but, uh, you know, always had that Aussie flavor, but you feel very Asian as well. But, I mean, you've got an interesting story because you two work together uh, and are uh, making it work with a couple of kids as well. So, Alison, you're the founder and CEO of uh, Organizations Solutions, and, and James, you're the COO. So how does that work? And it's your company originally, isn't it, Alison?
1: Yeah, I started it in 2000, and James joined us in 2008. He was our most fabulous acquisition.
2: Yeah, it was a long
0: recruiting campaign. <laughs> she, she, I think it was a 9-month recruiting campaign yeah, I until I finally really joined. So, wow. so you can tell you can talk about the company, though, I think. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, we started in uh, I started the company in uh, my a little spare room mm-hmm. uh, in 2000, uh, hired a couple people and and then within the first year we were in a shop house in Chinatown. Um, Now we have a team of about 16 in Singapore, and we're working with global companies, helping them solve people and organization challenges of growth.
2: Ah, Lovely. And James, you just came back from Hong Kong. So what were you doing up there? And tell us more about what the company does.
0: Sure, sure. We do – well, we do three things. In Hong Kong, I was doing a leadership development program, so developing high potentials into bigger roles. Uh, But we do a variety of things. We do change work and custom uh, organization development. We do a lot of leadership development, executive coaching, which is a large part of what I do personally, um, executive coaching, uh, executive assessment. uh, So helping identify and develop the people that are going to take those bigger roles to help grow the company. And then finally, helping teams perform. And so I personally like the the coaching space, leadership development, and a bit of the team space Mm -hmm. more than anything.
1: Yeah, and the leader piece is really where we're more global. We have a team of about 100 around the world that are providing coaching and assessment services. So mm. that's exciting for us.
2: So technically, you're uh, James's boss, aren't you?
1: Well, yes, in theory, I am.
2: <laughs> no, not no, no, in practice. It, actually, in pa- it's, it, true, uh,
1: it's true, it's uh, true. And
2: We try to maintain
0: that. On the yes. job, you, mm. are the, you get the final call yeah. on, on everything. So if we disagree... Uh, it does go to her and I, we always try to emphasize that with our staff as well mm. uh, so uh, you know in a way you don't want to end up like with your kids where there's a little triangulation well James said this Allison said <laughs> yeah. this What do I? Mom says yeah. this Dad says <laughs> this so, so we try to keep the lines of uh, roles and
2: responsibilities pretty clear yeah wonderful and I, I like the way that you met uh, many years ago I think it was a grad school was it in Houston, Texas where of course uh, James is from and Allison you're a bit of a nomad throughout the, the U.S. tell us the story about how you met it was on your birthday James wasn't yeah, it? yeah
0: well I'll, I'll, because it was also the first day of graduate school for mm-hmm. me. So I uh, went to do a program in the, at the University of Houston in industrial and organizational psychology. My first day of orientation, I went in. It was a great day. You know, everybody's excited. And uh, Allison showed up at the end of the day in the library at the at the department. And I remember, still remember she had a cast, her arm in a cast. And she walked <laughs> <Same> in. <thing. laughs> and, I'm, and she's talking to me. And I'm like, oh, you know, she's kind of cute, you know. Uh, but uh, this is my orientation day. I, I am professional. professional. I am not gonna. Nope, nope. And I'm not gonna ask her out on a date. Mm. Uh, it was my birthday, uh, and then well, I found out later that it was also uh, a good friend of ours' birthday. Right. Yeah.
1: Who I then took out for dinner, leaving uh, James to eat dinner at home and eat popcorn with his sister. Yeah. Oh. yeah so I had, I had ended a nice up with birthday dinner with my sister, and Allison went out with a
0: friend of ours, but. A month, let me see, about a month later, we had our first date. Ale- yeah. Actually, Allison asked me out
1: because wow. I was so serious he, about he things. Had I did not I he had restraint. He had restraint. I did not. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah.
0: So, Allison, and then uh, a year later, we were married. So, yeah. and went, it went fast. Yeah. And now we're, we're about to celebrate our 30th anniversary. So, it's worked wow. really well.
1: Yeah. That,
2: that's, a, I mean, time flies, isn't yeah. it? It's incredible yeah. to know that with Allison Iring and James Iring, our power couple here on Money FM 89.3. So how do you balance life, you know, with uh, work and being a couple? And I should also point out that you have two adopted daughters originally from China that you've had since they were babies as well.
1: Mm. Well, the thing that we did early on is we created a rule, which we call the sunrise to sunset rule, which is in Singapore is good because it's – very fixed time. Yeah, it's only
2: about thirty minutes. I think between yeah. the longest <laughs> day and the yeah. shortest day. Right? If we were in uh, Helsinki, it would <laughs> yeah, work as wouldn't work. well. I don't <laughs> think. But. Yeah. So our rule
1: is that, and we we are constantly having to revisit it. But it's that we, when the sun is down, we are a family, mm-hmm. and we try not to be talking about work uh, when the after the sun is down. And that it's easy to get sucked into always talking about work and always yeah. thinking about work, and and that's important to us. It's important to us to be a family as well mm. and to have time with our children. We, we want them to understand the work that we do as yep. professionals, but we also want this to be able to be a mom and a dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the
0: same time, though, I think we've, the, be, working together has helped. Uh, I used to work in companies while Allison led the company. Uh, I was at Dell prior to Organization Solutions, and I would end up on late-night calls. Uh, I would travel, uh, and I find that uh, because we're in the company together and because the technology has changed so much, travel is lower. Uh, I'm always home for dinner. You know, we're both home for dinner. We have dinner as a family. We have usually have breakfast as a family. Uh, and so it, it gives us some boundaries, uh, for work life. And then on the job, we have separate boundaries as well in terms of what we do.
2: But how do you switch off? That, that would be tough for me. Uh, I mean, uh, I couldn't imagine what it would be like in, especially when there's something really urgent happening, how do you switch off and then become that family? It doesn't always work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say that the theory is better than the uh, yeah. that happens, but I think I mean, also it having
0: it works oh. in that sometimes we we are after hours yeah. stop uh, yeah. and we and we, we have to ourselves. yeah and we have a date night every Thursday. One of mm. the legacies of her parents was uh, to take a date night, uh, and so we get out as a couple and we get to talk as a couple. Mm. Uh, when the kids are in the room, it's easier to focus on them. So I do think it's it's you know
2: there are some things that trigger. Mm. Uh, us to step away from it Mm. and your adopted daughters who are now teenagers um, talk about that what was that like to adopt and what was that process
1: well, our daughters now—they're seventeen and fourteen. Well, almost seventeen and fourteen. Both are were born in China. Uh, we and we began the process here in, the, in Singapore. Although we had decided before we moved here that we were going to adopt, and we looked all around the world, and we decided that the place that we most wanted to adopt from was China. Um, so that that process is a hard one, and today it's even it's very very difficult now for for parents to adopt from other countries because it's are governed by the country where you live, the country that you're adopting from, your own nationality. So um, it was a long process, but it was a wonderful process. And I think just like a biological mom, you know, I think that the moment that I held each of my daughters, I was their mom, and that was great.
2: I'm sure. What about for you, James? How was that experience?
0: You know, it's interesting because it's – I. Not that I can comment on birth, but the painful process of paperwork was mm. terrible. Yeah. Uh, and it took months and going back and forth, especially since we we're doing it from here through the U.S. to China. Uh, so, but I remember, and we always said we'd be happy with or without children. And I remember when the adoption agency called about our first daughter, Susan, and and read out her description to us and said, uh, you know, because we had to say, do we really want to take this this little girl into our life? And they read the description and it, and it was... You know, she uh, she does not play well with some of the other children. Sometimes, you know, she was seven months old. Uh, she she, <laughs> she likes her, to- her toys. She throws her toys if she gets upset. <laughs> but she always has a smile on her face mm-hmm. and she's always happy when the, the caregivers come mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. and by the time they finished the description uh, we were pretty much in tears and ready to go right, so we right. you know it was yeah. great and uh, and we never looked back i mean there was there's never a day that i i, I regret that yeah. it was just they're part of
2: our life and it's lovely
1: so often people say oh they're so lucky and i say what are you crazy we're lucky <laughs> we're the
2: lucky ones yeah, yeah
1: so it's been great
2: with our power couple, James Iring and Allison Iring, here on Money FM eighty nine point three. Now, Allison, you went through something very tough uh, a decade and a half ago when you lost your parents uh, in a car accident. Can you tell us about that and how you got over that?
1: Mm. Well, that was certainly one of the hardest things for me to cope with in my life. Uh, my mom and dad were in Honduras uh, doing community service work mm. and were killed. Um, so that the way that I dealt with that was. Um, Actually, because of jet lag, because I went back to the United States, I came back, and I couldn't sleep because I was so jet lagged, so I would go out and I would walk, and I'd call them my morning walks, as I mourned and grieved. Mm. And then my walks became trots and then jogs, and I got faster, and I rode, ran longer, and eventually I decided to run a marathon, and that kind of got me fixed in running. And And I, I, 15 years later, I'm still racing, I, I've moved to triathlons, and... Um, and I often still remember them when I'm out training.
2: And how did it help you get over it, uh, just the therapy of running and, and being active and, and just that kind of connection with nature?
1: It's really hard to say. I mean, I, I jokingly say running is cheaper than therapy. Mm. I do believe there's a therapeutic mm. component of it. But I think the other thing is when you lose someone or people in that way, only time heals you. And so it give, I think in some ways I think it was the running and the, the movement Created the space for me to be able to cope with that loss. Um, Yeah. I also think think. there was
0: a certain meditative process for you in terms of focusing on things and thinking through them as you run. Yeah. Uh, And then our our daughters, you know, as our daughters got older, they had a role model of their mom out doing these races and and running and growing up with that. So I think that's also – kind of was enriching. Yeah. Part of it. Mm. it was a
1: great part. I used to run with them in backpacks.
0: Oh, lovely. Yeah,
1: it was great. <laughs> I remember
0: in uh, Colorado, uh, we were on a holiday. Uh, I think we we're, were in the U.S. She's running in the mountains with our younger daughter who must have been uh, about, what, two, two years old. Yeah. And uh, they're coming down the mountain. And I see our youngest daughter's. Uh, head, not, you know, like she's asleep, but her head was bouncing up and down in the backpack. <laughs> uh, all I could think of was, I hope her neck yeah, is not yeah, broken.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Allison trots down, and she was fine. She was just having a nice nap in the uh, nice cold mountain air. <laughs> and the other intriguing thing about you is, uh, James, you adopted the, the name of Allison's uh, family, Iring. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I did. Tell yeah. us about your thought process with that.
0: Well, there were, there were two things. Um, I always... I didn't have a great connection with a name because my mother was divorced when I was a kid. I really didn't know my father. And so I thought, you know, if if I ever found somebody I felt the family was just lovely and welcoming, I would consider changing my last name instead of having my wife change her last name. Now, the other thing uh, that that persuaded me was my surname used to be Brown. And so I was James Brown. And when I was a kid, nobody really (laughs) caught that. Uh, But I remember even in graduate school when I signed up for a phone, uh, the person on the other end of the line said, your name is James Brown? Wait a minute. And she started talking to all the other operators about my name, and I've got James Brown on the phone. And so there was a certain, uh, I wasn't attached to the name, and I was getting grief over the Mm. name. And so Mm. when I met Allison and her family, it was interesting. Her dad really, uh, he treated uh, it seriously when I joined the family. Mm. I asked for his blessing, and we had a four-hour interview. Interview. uh, Interview. (laughs) uh, Where we talked about uh, joining the family, but Afterwards, he he really embraced me, and he would actually introduce me as his son. Which, which was a little bit disconcerting
1: because wow. he'd say, this is my son, James. This mm. is my daughter, Allison. And then they would see us kiss, and they'd think, hmm, that's kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and all the family friends were wondering, why is this son I've never heard
1: of? So. suddenly a newest son <laughs> but he, tra- he was very serious wow. about and it. They oh, it. loved yeah, him yeah. so much. Yeah,
2: so I guess when, when her parents died, it must have really hit you hard as well. Oh, you were uh, very it, close. Was, it was, yeah, it was, you know.
0: My parents, her parents, you know, we were, were so close mm. that it was the same, I think. But, you know, it's never quite the same. But, um, yeah, it was it was hard. Mm. And,
2: Alison, the timing of your parents dying and also your adopted daughters uh, is very close, isn't it? Mm. The, the birth of your first yeah. adopted In daughter. In fact,
1: the, um, the name, our daughter's Susan, her middle name is Owen, which was my mom's maiden oh, name.
2: Oh, wonderful. So
1: they were both given names that were a yeah. connection of who they are mm. as well as to a family. Our only
0: regret was... We really wanted them to know their grandchildren because they were such great role
1: models. Uh, and they were so mm. excited that we mm. were adopting. And they mm. were so
0: excited and they were so supportive. And then for them not to get
2: to know, that was the only, the, really, the only, the bitterest part about the whole process. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you've both been here so long in Singapore and obviously you have that connection to the U.S. Where do you see yourself, uh, you know, for the next few years and towards retirement? We've Mm -hmm. been asking this for the last 15 years, I think. We still don't have an answer.
1: I mean, we definitely see ourselves in Singapore. This is our home. Uh, We don't know what will happen, uh, where we'll retire. Um, Our our business is here. It's headquartered here. This is a fabulous place to... Uh, house the headquarters of a global firm, so we value this. Um, yeah. Who knows where we'll retire? We think it'll be in multiple places, but we'll also see where our children go and what other things we we don't we can't imagine ourselves not doing something. So we'll yeah. probably sell the business. We'll do volunteer work. we'll I'm an adjunct professor at the National University of Singapore, and we might continue. To, I I would love to continue yeah. to teach. We
0: see. I think we, we yeah. st- we'll stay in involved professionally. So we'll either teach, we'll uh, do research, we'll write, uh, maybe do a little bit of coaching. So I think we'll continue. To re- retirement looks like a lot like it does today. You know, we'll continue professionally uh, in our work, but it's more about a, of having flexibility of where we do it. But. Right.
2: I've got actually your book, uh, Alison, in my hand now, uh, Pacing for Growth by Alison Eyring, Why Intelligent Restraint Drives Long-Term Success. So you love to write, and that's going to keep driving you, I guess. No,
1: let me clarify. I don't love to, write. I, to read, write. I remember write, reading something that said to write is to sit down and bleed. Uh. And as I wrote the book, James would say, what are you doing today? I said, I'm just going to sit and bleed. Oh, uh, it was very painful. Still but I will say that the outcome was great. Mm. And it's been, it's been two years now since it's been published. And it's really changed our, our business. And it's led to so, much, um, so many interactions with people and conversations about leading growth that um, I think are quite different than the way we tend to think about it.
2: Finally, James, how do we find out more about
0: your business? So uh, if you want to find out more about our business, certainly go on to the website at www.organizationsolutions.com. There are other ways to learn as well. We put out a monthly or quarterly newsletter. Uh, It's all about growth. Uh, People can contact us there. They can contact us in our office in Singapore. Uh, And Allison just started a podcast uh, recently about growth leaders. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's a great resource not to learn about the company, but really to learn about what great leaders do to drive growth in their companies and and how they energize people, how they perform, and how they transform the company at the
2: same time. Wonderful. So with this podcast, you could potentially be doing what I'm doing here, Alison.
1: Not nearly as well, Jason. <laughs> oh,
2: you, you let, we really... can only hope we yes. can strive. I will,
1: <laughs> stri- I will strive to be as good as you. Oh, <laughs> you're
2: such a flatterer. Thank you so much, James and Alison Iring. They have been our latest power couple, originally from the U.S., but they've been in Singapore a long time. Thank you so much, James Thank and Allison. Yeah, Thank you thanks, for having us. us.